Well, hello and welcome back for episode two of season two of the Path Podcast. We are so glad that you're here. I am Jason. I'm Derek. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, and yeah. today we have a really special treat. We are joined by a special guest, Miss Judy Holly, and uh, Derek is going to kind of introduce us to her, and then we're going to talk with her over the next few minutes. So take yes. it away. So Judy is joining us today, and uh, she and I met, um, Judy, can you believe it was 11 years ago now in September? No. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, I became the children's pastor at Lost Mountain Baptist Church. Judy and her husband, Tim, were the three-year-old Sunday school teachers, but also kind of um, taught, uh, well, helped kind of structure our worship time for preschoolers. So we got to know each other pretty well. She was serving in the ministry as I was the children's director there. And so we got to know each other pretty well. Uh, Judy is, uh, are you, you're a licensed professional counselor, right? Right, right. And so she also does um, quite a bit of marriage counseling with that, other types as well, but a lot with marriage counseling. So we would often, um, we would do several events. We we probably did what six or six or more. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. a couple of uh, a retreat or two. We did a, a church event, and then um, we did a kind of some snippet Sunday night event. Yeah, and some we called them date nights and those kind of things, mm-hmm. and. And so Judy was integral in helping us reach out to married folks in our church and in our community. And uh, so I thought it'd be really cool since we just talked about um, the imperfect marriage, the imperfect spouse. Uh, it'd be cool to ask some questions from one someone who's kind of uh, been able to work with many, many couples and help them kind of work through some of, the, of their imperfections. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Judy. Start off by telling us a little bit about you, um, your your um, just your life, and particularly how you got into uh, marriage counseling. Um, well, uh, my husband and I, Tim, we've been married for 34 years. We um, he was uh, a pilot in the Navy, so we moved around a lot. And um, at that time, I, you know, being military, you move around a lot. It's hard to get full-time position. So I just worked a lot of administrative positions, whatever. But um, in 1991, um, God really called us into adoption. And um, we started working with adoption agency in 91 while we were living up in Washington State. Um, It was a Christian agency and they required us to do um, marriage counseling prior to adoption. It was part of the process. Um, Well, Tim and I met when we were 16. We knew each other for six years. Then we'd been married for about six years. So at that time, so we thought we had it all together. You know, <laughs> we, we thought we knew everything there was about being married. Thought I had a great, perfect marriage. Well, it was just amazing through those sessions of just what we learned that we didn't know <laughs> and what we really weren't doing well. Um, and also the potentials of some pitfalls that were coming our way pretty quickly if we didn't change how we did something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when God really planted the seed in the beginning with me on um, becoming a counselor because God just really planted that seed in me of, um, you know, of going into counseling, of helping people. I've always had a heart for missions and people, but that's when really God planted that seed. Um, let's fast forward. We, um, moved again, military, uh, ended up in the Atlanta area. 
Um, by this time, um, we have two small children and God really started stirring my heart again, but also, but gave me a patience to wait. And so um, I call this my second life. Once my boys got old enough, Tyler and Matt got old enough to, um, I felt, you know, they were in school and they didn't need me quite as much. Um, I went back to school and I went to, um, at that time it was called PSI. Uh, now it's Richmond Graduate University um, in Atlanta. Did my master's in Christian counseling and um, still set for state boards, but they integrate theology with psychology. It was just really important to me to um, do that because everything I do is through my Christian lens, mm -hmm. through how um, I view my life, through my relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. So um, it was an amazing program. Um, so I graduated there in 2008. Of course, you do a couple years of internship before that. So but full-time um, after school, I started in 2008, and I just found a, a niche too, working in church um, mm -hmm. and with preschoolers and seeing families that if um, they don't start off on the right foot, and sometimes that's the first time they come to counseling is all of a sudden they've got two different lifestyles mm -hmm. and they come together. So um, I've kind of, that, that's where marriage counseling really, my heart kind of went into marriage counseling. So is to see that when you have couples, if you can get off on the right foot, it makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, for sharing that, uh, Judy. I, I want to, um, we have a couple of questions we want to ask you. Um, and so the first one is, and I know this is kind of a tough question, but uh, if there was one thing that you could tell a couple who was struggling in their marriage, like say um, you're riding an elevator with a couple and they know that you're a marriage counselor. Uh, and so they ask you, hey, what can we do to get us pointed in the right direction? What, what's one thing that, that you would suggest there? Um, no, that's a loaded question. But um, this is, and this is not a, a shameless plug, I promise you, but my, my advice was get to a marriage counselor, mm -hmm. a Christian marriage counselor. When I say Christian, uh, because of the Christian principles that go into marriage. And the reason why I say that is because um, if you don't have the tools, you can't do it on your own and you don't know the tools. Mm -hmm. um, and that's usually what happens um, is helping somebody with the right tools to be able then to work on their marriage. Like I said, Tim and I thought we had it all together, but we didn't even have, we had, nowhere near had the tools that we needed. Um, kind of one of my favorite quotes is from Maya Angelou and she says, do the best you can until you know better. Mm. Then when you know better, do better. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So that's marriage. And you know, it's like Tim can send me to Home Depot to pick up something for him. But if I don't know what the tool is, what it is that he's wanting and what is he even using it for, I'm not going to bring home the right tool. Mm -hmm. Um, if he tells me, gives me a picture of it, tells me, you know, now you can look on your phone, tell what aisle it's on. Um, I can go and I can bring it back because he's given me all the information that I need to help him. And if you're doing that in marriage um, and going to a counselor to help you with your marriage tool belt um, and you become intentional in using those tools, that's how you're going to equip your marriage. That's how you're going to keep the enemy from entering into your marriage. Um, so I know that's not maybe the answer you're looking for, but it's really, that is the answer. You have to have the tools or you're not ever going to do better. 
because you're going to keep going in circles. Yeah. So I, Judy, I work with a lot of couples on the front end, right? Pre-marriage yeah. counseling. Mm -hmm. And so one of the tools I try to give them outright, and one of the things they, it, it, seems, it seems so simple, but um, it always is so profound. You can see it in their eyes like, oh, my goodness. It's just like, hey, if we can talk about these things, if I can get you talking about these things, you're going to have better success. If you'll communicate early on, what, I mean, what, what would you say, you know, what part does communication play in, you know, one of being one of those tools in the tool belt? It's the number one thing, but it's also communicating properly. Right, right. You're, you're doing it in a loving way. Mm -hmm. You're doing it not to get your side one. Right. You're doing it um, as uh, what am I called to do um, as the wife? What am I called? God's calling me to do in showing my husband his love through mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, communication, but it's about not attacking, not accusing, right. um, being loving about it. You can still get your point across. Mm -hmm. The other part of communication is listening. Right to really listen. That's one of the biggest issues I have couples say is they never listen to me. Mm. I don't ever feel heard. They only want to get their point across. Mm -hmm. um, so it is about communication is, is absolutely 100%. Yeah. I find, I find that uh, the same thing, you know, I'll say communication is a two way street, right? I mean, you can talk, but that's not communicating. Someone has to receive it on the other end. And so you have this back and forth and it has to be out of mutual respect, which is a, a, a term I, I learned from you um, in, in some of those date nights that we, we talked about. That, but that mutual respect um, and mutual submission even is, is the term mm -hmm. I learned from Absolutely. you. And so, um, you know, one of the things I find is that these couples, they don't mean to not listen to one another. They don't mean to not care. They don't realize it comes across that way. And so right. that's one of the things I work with on the front end, which is much easier because I've worked on the other end too. And it's much easier to work on the front end. But it's it's like, you know, you, you've got to realize that your relationship is, um, you know, you didn't intend to start it like being mad at each other and like getting at one another. That's just kind of what's happened as the balls roll down here. Can you speak to that at all? Absolutely, because that's the problem is a lot of times once, well, let me back up. Absolutely. Really good premarital is the beginning of that foundation. That mm -hmm. is like setting the concrete for the foundation of the marriage. And a lot of people do not have that. Mm -hmm. So that is huge. I love the fact how much you do premarital. Mm -hmm. um, then the next part of that is, if that's not in place and other things are happening, hurt comes in. Mm -hmm. And when you've been hurt, you can't hear yeah. because your hurt is, is so intense. Mm -hmm. You can't listen. You can't hear. You can't respond pro uh, appropriately. Um, so the longer you go, there's more of that builds up between the two of you. And I call it like, you know, uh, putting a brick wall between you. Every time that happens, you're, you're putting another brick, put a little mortar, put a brick and pretty soon you can't see over the wall. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, that emotional wall kind of goes with what you, I listened to your sermon about, you know, the intimacy, it's not a physical thing. Intimacy is an emotional thing. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And if you are not emotionally connected to your spouse and feel that vulnerability between the two of you, mm -hmm. it's uh, that that's the biggest hindrance right there is because you don't feel safe. You don't feel emotionally safe with your spouse because of hurt. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a perfect lead in to our next question is that, you know, a lot, a lot of times when people are struggling with their marriages, one of the the symptoms of that that comes to the forefront very quickly is intimacy um, right. or the lack thereof. And so mm -hmm. um, how would you help lead a couple through struggling with marital intimacy? Where 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 do you start to even try to repair that? You go back to that emotional connection. Um, because that's what breaks down first is your emotional connection with each other. Um, one of, um, I, um, I think it's Kevin Lehman uses the phrase that, um, women get connection outside the bedroom, men get connection through the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And what he's saying is that women need that one-on-one -on -one emotional connection with their husband, that listening, like Derek, you were talking about, not just hearing but listening mm -hmm. and responding to let their spouse know they've been heard so if she feels emotionally connected to her husband she's going to be more receptive physically mm -hmm. okay men actually get their connection through that physical connection but that's where you get in that vicious cycle of um if she's not feeling emotionally connected to him he's frustrated he's not going to then emotionally connect with her so then she's not emotionally connecting with him and you see where it goes mm -hmm. down that rabbit hole so it is absolutely if you do not have that emotional um psychological spiritual connection the physical will not be there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because um it will then just be an act but when you have all those pieces with the physical connection then that is when it's on a whole different level. Mm -hmm. That's when you have a connection that is just amazing. Mm -hmm. um, that emotional, spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's Kevin Lehman who also says that sex begins in the kitchen. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I'll tell couples that, you know, um, Mm -hmm. In pre-marriage counseling too, is like, look, you know, you know, and I'll I'll use the old adage, you know, men are like microwaves, women are like crockpots, right? Uh -huh. And uh, it's funny with newlyweds, they don't know that, so their eyes get real big, like, oh, okay. But right. um, but it's just that idea is that you've got to build that emotional connection if you want the physical, and it's the, that emotional intimacy begins way before true physical inst intimacy. Uh, mm -hmm. an act may take place, but intimacy was not, did not occur. It is not there. Yeah. And then when, the, when, when that intimacy is not there, the emotional intimacy is not there, then it's kind of, it's like an empty feeling. So why do you want to go and have that empty feeling again? Mm -hmm. You're going to avoid it. You're going to avoid it again. So um, that is that part that we have to really work on is just um, having that emotional connection I always ask couples too, when they come in, that's one of the ask questions I'll ask, you know, how, how often are you physically intimate? Mm -hmm. That tells a lot, you know, unless there's a medical issue, there's, you know, other issues that's causing that, that connection not being there. But um, that already tells me a lot of where they are in uh, their marriage mm -hmm. with that, because um, it, it is, it's just one of the, it's one of those things that God has given just that couple. Mm -hmm. And it is such a special thing for that couple. Um, but if all those other 
markers are not being hit, that is the first thing that you will notice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it really gives um, meat to that uh, idea of unity. Um, you know, uh, one flesh is what how how the Bible describes it. Yeah. But it, but it's more than just that physical one flesh. It's much more of a like you know you are intimate you know together you know emotionally spiritually and physically you know so right yeah. right um i even i even liken it to how are we growing as christians we are not in that deep deep relationship with christ if we are not studying the word mm -hmm. if we are not um um even meeting with in, in the church body and listening to, to ministers preach or in a Bible study or in prayer. If we aren't doing all those components, we're not going to have that relationship with him. It's that way with a spouse. If you're not doing all the things that you need to do and being the biggest word and, and couples get sick of hearing this word and that's intentional. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you're not constantly intentional about your marriage, getting up every single day, and I truly believe this. If you get up every single day and say, what can I do for my, my husband today that shows him I love him? Mm -hmm. And we're not talking a big, huge deal. I'm just talking an extra long hug mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or an eye to eye contact. Of, Thank you so much for what you do for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, or emptying the dishwasher yeah. <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> that would know? work in my household yeah <laughs> i love it uh yeah wives love that stuff let me tell yeah. you um so yeah it's about being intentional yeah. every day every day being intentional that's great. That's really good um so just to kind of switch gears for just a moment for the rest of our time here um we don't want to make the assumption that every marriage in our church is falling apart <laughs> um, because no. they're not um mm -hmm. and we also don't want to make the assumption that anybody has it all figured out. So what, what I want to ask you is what are some best practices to safeguard a marriage relationship? Say that things are okay. Um, they're not, they're, there's never where the uh, situation where there's no room for improvement, but say things yeah. are okay. What are some best practices to safeguard that, to keep things okay in a marriage? Okay. Um, I always tell people, nobody wakes up one morning, stretches, goes out and has an affair just yeah. because on a whim. Mm -hmm. It's something, it's slow. That is the way the enemy works. That's why Satan works, it's mm -hmm. slow. So if you are not, again, intentional, intentional every day about putting your marriage first, have it at the forefront of your mind. Um, physically, there's some ways to do that. Uh, um, I really encourage all couples to know each other's passwords on everything. Mm. You know, phones, on um, anything that they have passwords to. Mm -hmm. um, having a connection time, whether it's first thing in the morning, late in the afternoon, maybe can only happen once a week if somebody travels a lot, but that's literally that alone time, just the two of you, not just superficial talking or talking at each other about schedules, kids, yeah. whatever, really having conversations of how was your week? What can I do for you this week? Where did I miss the mark this week with you? Mm -hmm. having those conversations um, and, and always, you know, letting your sp thinking, would I be doing this if my spouse was here with me? Mm -hmm. mm. Because if you can say that, whether it's, whether you, it looks something very innocent, but hmm, what would it be like if my spouse was here? Would I be doing this? Mm -hmm. 
those are all ways to safeguard your marriage. Great. And I always say, again, passwords, I always say um, females should, best friends should not be a male. Mm-hmm. Male's best friend should not be a female. There's nothing wrong with having conversations. And, you know, Derek and I have had texts back and forth, but Derek and I have had a longstanding friendship. We have, we've worked together in ministry. Mm-hmm. He's worked with my husband. I've worked with Allison. You know, that I'm not saying absolute 100% not having contact with the opposite sex. I'm saying when things start going in a different direction in your mind and your thoughts about another person other than your spouse, then you need to really look at those red flags. Always keep, always kind of be self-aware. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's helpful. I think, you know, I think that's, I think what we wanted to do is like take, you know, this idea of, you know, we are imperfect. We, we, the kind of route we took was that we need Jesus. You know, that's really what it comes down to in our marriages. But I love that we kind of boiled it down to these intentional things uh, that we um, hopefully I think and I think will be really helpful. I've, I have some things just for my own self. I'm thinking, yeah, OK, yeah. that would be good. You know, um, uh, just the intentionality piece. I think that's huge. Um, but uh, yeah. So thank you so much. This was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Are, are there any final thoughts, any pearls of wisdom that you'd leave with us before uh, we say um, goodbye? The only thing I would say is to me, because this has resonated with me so much over the years, because when I first heard this was years after we were married, because when you go to the, and of course being just at a wedding recently that Derek did, mm-hmm. um, that he performed, um, we always see the wedding vows as to each other. Mm-hmm. And um, what is profound for me is it's really not a covenant that you're making to each other. It's you are making a covenant with God about mm-hmm. your spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what, if you will view your marriage through, it's not about my spouse. It is about my relationship with Christ and how I, I fulfill that covenant I made with Christ about my spouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you view your marriage through that covenant is with God about your spouse, I think you look at it a little differently because it's not between two humans. It's between you and your Lord about the person that he's joined you with. Yeah. And if you can do that, I think that is also another way to really bring it back home of uh, applying that to the spiritual part of what marriage looks like. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Judy, for your time. Sure. We appreciate it. Um, and this is where we turn it over to you. Uh, we'd love to know your thoughts. Um, is there anything that Judy has said today that maybe stirred up some ideas for you or some thoughts or some questions that you might have? We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at thepath at lafayettefirst.life or you can comment on this podcast or on the YouTube video. But we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so until next time, I am Jason. I'm Derek. And we look forward to seeing you next time. 